Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Today is Tuesday, March the 31st, 2015, and as always, I'm your host, John Hansen. Now, earlier this year, Thomas Nett and the Institute for Supply Management announced the winners of their first 30 under 30 rising supply chain stars. Now, it was a jointly sponsored initiative, and the focus was to advance the future of the supply chain profession. Now, at age 30 or younger, some of these are younger, these outstanding professionals have made significant contributions, not only to their organizations, not only to their professional associations, but also in terms of the industry at large. And I'm happy to say that today we're going to be joined by these two or two of these young rising stars, Leah Halverson and Wesley Whitney, along with Thomas Nett's Kristen Carty. And what we'll do is we'll focus on, I guess what I'll call the three questions, which is why they chose to become procurement professionals. And for those who have been following me uh, uh, on these 900 plus shows in the PI or Procurement Insights blog since 2007, you know that the majority of people traditionally fell into the profession, not by choice, but by uh, circumstance. Well, these people actually chose the profession and we want to find out why. We also want to understand what their vision of the future is and even more so what this uh, being a participant or being involved with this 30 under 30 program has meant to them from both a personal and career standpoint. Now, I want to point out that the uh, uh, images and the links that we're providing are courtesy of Inbound Logistics, so uh, be sure to check out not only the profiles of both Leah and Wesley through the Inbound Logistics link and, the, and their fine publication, but also the other 28 people. Now, I want to remind everyone that we are broadcasting live, as we always do, over the virtual airwaves of the Blog Talk Radio Network. What that means is, is if you're able to join us now, well, you know, we're of course delighted to have you. However, if your schedule isn't conducive to tuning in live, not to worry because the entire broadcast has always been recorded in its entirety, which means that you can listen to it on an on-demand basis, which is just one of the great, great features of Internet Radio and particular Blog Talk Radio. Now, without further delay, I want to start by welcoming to the show uh, Kristen uh, Cardi. Kristen, how are you? I'm good, John. How are you? Not to did I catch you off guard there a little. <laughs> yeah, I thought that I was off mute, but <laughs> I wasn't. Oh, well, no. ready to go <laughs> well, now. Listen. There you go. It's good to have you back. And you know, and and I want to talk about the, uh, the a little bit about the program uh, before we get into talking with our, our our young guests. I don't know if they like to be called young guests, but nonetheless, we'll be bringing both Leah on as well as Wesley on in a moment. Uh, but tell me, how 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 did this program come about? Because I know we talked about it a little bit beforehand in the virtual green room, and of course, the goal was to advance the profession. Could you give us a little bit of a, a one or two minute overview for those who might not be familiar with the top under thirty? 
Sure. Well, you know, ThomasNet and ISM are both long-standing organizations. Um, we've been around at ThomasNet since 1898, and ISM is celebrating their 100th anniversary, actually, um, at the conference that they're hosting this May in Phoenix. Um, and or really, the organizations both share this goal of advancing the purchasing profession, like you just said. And ISM does this through different networking opportunities, educational programs, and research that they conduct. And we at ThomasNet do that through ThomasNet.com by providing buyers with the leading supplier discovery resource. Um, so we decided to team up because, you know, we have both been leaders in the industry for so long. And we really started this program with a goal of showing how supply chain careers are perfect for millennials. And we thought what better way to do that was to actually highlight some millennials who are really excelling in the profession. Um, so we opened this competition last May, and we received literally hundreds of nominations. Um, it was really hard to pick 30, but we are very impressed with the 30 that we did pick. And, you know, you'll hear from two of them today, and they are both great, um, great candidates. So, now, now, sure to, just, sure to interrupt, but I have to ask this question because, you know, let's face it, ISM is the oldest supply chain association in the world, if I'm not mistaken. And, of course, ThomasNet has been around <laughs> over 100 years. Mm-hmm. In terms of the top 30 under 30 now, and looking back at your long history in the industry, why now this kind of a program? Why wasn't there something like this 20 years ago? Or, or was there? Or, or how did how did the organizations acknowledge the up-and-coming generation? Or is it, are, is it really different now when you talk about millennials? Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I do. And, I, you know, supply chain as a profession has really evolved over the years. So it never was. And, you know, Wes actually has this funny story that he was telling me yesterday about how his grandmother, um, and I'll let him talk to her later, but his grandmother was a buyer um, in the past, and he looked at it as kind of this back office profession that he would never really want to get into. But supply chain as a career really has evolved, and it really has so many different opportunities for someone that's entering the positions. You know, for example, these people have the opportunity to introduce their organizations to different sourcing strategies and different technology that those of the baby, baby boomer and other generations are unaware of. Um, they also have the opportunity to bring multiple stakeholders together and get everyone's buy-in and negotiate with vendors to achieve significant savings. And I think one of the coolest things that I see when I look at the profession is that they have the opportunity to travel at such a young age and take on important important assignments overseas, um, which I think is a really cool opportunity that these young people have today in the supply chain profession. Now, okay, now, Wesley, that's a perfect segue, Kristen, to introducing Wesley uh, Whitney to show. Wesley, welcome to join, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Uh, okay, there's a grandmother story in there. So, you know, I know a, a little bit of the punchline has already been given, but maybe if you could elaborate on that within the context of the first question, then, Leah, I'll get to you, is, is, is like, how did you choose this? Because it sounds like it certainly wasn't a natural inclination or something that you, you know, growing up said, this is what I want to do with my life. How did you get into this? Well, yeah, John, first of all, thanks for having me on. And, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I can remember vividly going to visit my grandmother. My grandmother and my mother actually worked in the same office for the school district. And I remember going up and visiting my grandmother and thinking, oh, my God, this is nothing but a bunch of old ladies in here, you know, number crunching. And and so supply chain or procurement or, you know, really kind of that whole career path was not something I had ever even thought of. I don't even know if I thought 
uh, as I don't think I thought of a uh, supply chain career as a viable career path for me until I was probably well out of school. So I had gotten my degree from A&M and moved on and probably not given supply chain a second thought until I was having some discussions with uh, a buddy of mine. We were in Houston. He was in energy. I was in the legal field, and we got to talking about, uh, you know, his career in energy and specifically within supply chain within energy. And, um, you know, I just was captivated by how much impact he had at his company. And, you know, again, as a young professional myself, you know, that's really what I was hungry for and looking for was, you know, an ability to come in to have visible projects and to really affect the bottom line of uh, my company, whether large or small. So I began to kind of transition my career path towards uh, specifically a, a career in energy and, and then supply chain within that energy, or I'm sorry, within that industry. And so, you know, I focused heavily on finding, you know, the best and brightest companies out there that I thought I could I could get in with. I got very lucky to, to know some people and, and was given an opportunity to come in and start working for, um, you know, a Fortune 50 energy company that uh, I've been with for the last three years. And I'll tell you, it's completely changed my perspective on supply chain, procurement, the whole industry. I, like I said, the, the very things that I saw in my friend are the things that I'm getting to do now, which is, you know, bottom line, uh, visible project impact, and uh, and to be able to do that at a company um, is is really more than more than you could ask for, you know, as as a young professional. And it's something that I'm, you know, it, it incredibly motivating every day. I, I I wake up every day and I'm so excited to come to work because I know I get to work on things that that really matter. Now, so and so part of the draw was, you know, again the the, the industry, the energy industry, which is very exciting. There's a lot of indirect material procurement. There's a lot of movement of acquisitions and dealing with legacy systems. It, it's it's it was a big draw for you, obviously, to to enter the profession. Leah, looking at you and the industry that you're in, if you could let us know what that is, how much of an influence did that have, and what other factors had an influence on you coming in to the profession? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And once again, thank you for having me as well on, on your show. I, um, <clears throat> For me, I have actually, not, this is my first um, time in this industry of education, um, working for Minneapolis Public Schools, and my first experience within public sector. Prior to this, I was working in private sector, um, still within the procurement industry, though. Um, and I, one reason why I came into the education sector and into public sector was for the challenge um, to learn about different opportunities, what is the difference between private sector and public sector, also taking my skill sets and my experience that I had learned from private sector and bringing it into the public sector. In addition to wanting to really, like Wes had mentioned, making an impact, I think one of the great things that um, being in the procurement industry has is being able to, like Wes mentioned, making that impact to the bottom line. And I thought that if I could make that impact into our education sector and really impact changing students' lives and making them career and college ready, as my organization's mission states, that that would make me personally um, very happy that I could impact those students. And so that's what I strive for um, every day within my organization and my team strives for as well is how can we impact our students' lives and how, which in turn makes our community significantly better. I think the way that I got into this industry um, of procurement was similar to Wes. I don't think I even knew what procurement was or supply chain was beyond of one class that I took while I was at college. But like Wes, I didn't know that it was a uh, career that you could really do, and there's just endless opportunities within this career and such a variety of work. Um, I actually, my, my role started with my sister, my younger sister, my baby sister, hiring me 
um, into a company, and then through that, I was actually sought out by um, someone within our corporate office that saw the skill sets in me to um, work in procurement. And then through that, I was able to get into really the role of that's kick-started everything that now I love and I, I would not change for anything. So I guess I would have to equate it to my baby sister getting me my first job out of college. Um, well, and now there's a good thing her. to talk about around the holiday table. But you know, it's interesting. You just mentioned something that I thought was was kind of interesting, Kristen. I'm going to ask you this next question in in one moment. But you talked about the impact, understanding the impact of what you do, Leah, in terms of this the, at the student level. I mean, we, we've known a long time and talking to people who did procurement in the healthcare industry that at the end of the day, that is so unique because it has a direct impact on the level of care a hospital, for example, is able to deliver to its patients. This is the first time I've heard somebody mention outside of the healthcare industry of the impact that goes down, let's say, down the chain. So you have a real equation in terms of what you're doing and what its ultimate impact is in a very tangible way. Kristen, is this different from what purchasing and procurement used to be in the past, uh, where, where, again, there wasn't that long-term connection or, or connection down the line to understand what the, the, the benefits of what the job entailed? Do you think that's different yeah, now than, let's say, 10 years well, ago? Well, absolutely, with all the software and technology that's coming out. Um, you know, we, we actually surveyed all of the winners after the fact, um, after going through their applications, to get a little bit more um, in-depth and answers from them. And two of the things that they said about their positions were that they loved that they can make a big financial impact. So, you know, again, across all industries, collectively, these people are able to, to save their companies hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, another big thing that they mentioned was that they have the ability to improve access to vital products and services, um, anything from medicines to clean energy, and contribute to sustainability goals, which I think is another really um, big, important thing with millennials these days. Okay. Now, let's look at this, and thank you, Chris. Now, let's look, look at this from the standpoint of where you see yourself headed, starting the foundation where you're at. You're, you're now in the public sector, Leanne. I'll start with you, and then Wesley, I'll go with you in, 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 in the energy sector, both very robust and interesting. But now making a move to a public sector, where do you see your future going from there? Are you are you ultimately uh, going to maintain or, or or stay in the public sector because there is so much to do and so much that can be now that can now be accomplished? I mean, if we were to have a conversation five, six, seven, ten years from now, where would we find you, or where do you expect to find you? Yeah, great question. I think. You know, right now, probably five, ten years from now, I, I do see myself continuing within. Um, there's so much work to be done within the public sector and with education. And like you mentioned before, there's so much impact we can make on student lives that it really is such a compelling thing for me to be able to stay here and do as much as I possibly can for Minneapolis public schools and challenge Minneapolis public schools to think differently about the way that we infuse procurement within our business strategies so that it can help us achieve student success and better student outcomes. I think that's one thing that I've done here for the last three and a half years since I've been at my organization is be able to show what impact can procurement do, how can it help to focus our resources better um, so that those resources that are directly impacting students like teachers and our principals and the, the individuals within those buildings, if we can free up their time and free up their resources and have them do their work more efficiently, what does that impact have on student lives? So 
five, ten years from now, I think, I just want to continue challenging myself, continue being a life learner. That's very important for me. And can with those two things, having that have a direct impact with the organization that I work for and challenge that organization. I think that's really important. I don't I pride myself in not resting on my laurels and pride myself in having my team not rest on their laurels. And every day is a challenge. Every day we need to think differently, um, as you know, one company says in their slogan. Um, and so I think we just need to continue that, and that's where I would see myself, is, is making that impact, really getting our students to be successful, making them career and college ready, whether that's professionally for me or personally through the mentorship opportunities that I always uh, try to take part in throughout the year and mentor our students. I think it's really important to give back. I, I believe that's one thing our generation is really great at and feel so strongly about is giving back to others around us. And so I, I echo that, and I do that through mentorship with Minneapolis Public Schools. Now, let me ask you, and, and then I'll go to you, Wesley, if, from an outside-looking-in perspective, what do you think are going to be some of the forces that are going to affect you know, where you are and where the profession is down the road within the public sector? Yeah, I think, uh, great question. I think I love where the profession is going now. I think um, Wes had mentioned it before that it, he's just thought about it as kind of old ladies sitting in a room crunching numbers. I love that our profession every year, every day is continuing to get more strategic driven and is getting more um, more notoriety and more visible within the boardroom and that C-level suite. I think if I can only help to contribute that within the organization that I have or whatever organization I'm in, um, just so that we can continue to show its importance and its bottom line. But it's really going to take the entire profession um, to continue making those successes and winning those battles so that we can ultimately win um, maybe that war in a sense of procurement is here to stay. We've changed the way that we operate as an industry. It's no longer tactical. It's now more strategic driven and what that impact can be. So I, I hope I can continue to play a part in that. Now, and, and thank you, Leah. And, and, and looking at you, Wesley, and hearing what Leah has to say, not only from her perspective where she'll be at personally, but those outside factors, I want to pose the same question to you. What, what would be your goal, or do you have a clear-cut goal as to where you want to be five to ten years from now? Yeah, you know, I think Leah really hit the nail on the head. You know, when I, when I, when I take a step back and, and kind of assess, you know, my time in both the industry that I'm at and with the company that I'm at, you know, it doesn't take long for me to realize that, you know, successes here on the front end uh, don't necessarily parlay into um, successes down the line. And so uh, what I have come to the conclusion of personally is that, you know, I still have so much to learn. You know, I've, uh, I've been uh, focusing on my time, and, and I've been in heavily involved with uh, both my alma mater and then the local supply chain program here at the University of Houston uh, in, in connecting with kind of the next generation of, of collegiate supply chain graduates, and it doesn't take but about five minutes to talk to them to realize, man, you know, not having a degree in supply chain, I still have so much to learn. I've, I've really been given a lot of opportunity and been, and been mentored very well in the position that I'm at, but a lot of that was, was um, you know, I was I was incredibly lucky and incredibly blessed to be put in the situation that I was, and a lot of people have helped me get to where I needed to be uh, to, to be at this point. So now I feel an incredible burden and an obligation to, uh, to, to continue to acquire as much knowledge um, and as and as much you know as many skills as I can along the way and and as I alluded to earlier you know I work with 
quite a few uh, people in the, who are in the baby boomer generation, right? Their their days with a company are probably numbered. They're, a lot of them are currently thinking about or are kind of on the path to retirement. And so there's about to be a, a giant gap um, of of knowledgeable hard-working uh, men and women who are going to be exiting not only our company but just our profession and really the industry in general uh and and so being prepared to kind of fill in that gap really gives me a lot of uh, it gives me a lot to look forward to because I know that there are not only opportunities waiting out there in the future both within my company and within the industry but also that um I need to be preparing I need to be doing everything I can right now to make sure that uh that when the time comes that you know that I can continue to build on their legacy and their successes to, so that we can sustain you know the the, the work that our companies uh, have done to get to this point well you know very interesting point Kristen I want to ask you about this because one of the things that that Wesley indicated is that you know there are people who are going to be retiring there's going to be gaps coming in you know a, a profession I guess let's use the the analogy of a baseball team or a sports team is only as good as its farm system I mean is one of the motivations behind the top 30 under 30 uh, with both ThomasNet and ISM, is to recognize the fact that you have to plant the seeds now to build a profile or, or build a profile for the profession that will make it attractive to young people coming in so that these gaps won't be as pronounced as we move from one generation to the next? You know, that's that's absolutely correct, John. And Leah talked a little bit about mentorship and how important that can be. And we, you know, we at Thomasette and ISM really see the value of being a member of ISM and, and kind of networking with other procurement professionals to really gather that education and gather that information and that knowledge from those people before they retire. So in, so in essence, so in essence, really, you become the facilitator of the profession, the development of the profession, the evolution of the profession. I mean, I mean We're is, trying. That, is that a way to say it? You're trying. Okay. Well, now, going back to this and, and considering the role, just to hear what Kristen has to, had to say, and I'll start with you, uh, Wesley, uh, and, and facilitating the development and the evolution of the profession itself and certainly getting beyond, and, and I think the term you, you used is, is uh, your grandmother sitting around there being an administrator with building that profile – what has being part of the top 30 under, th- under 30 program meant to you from both a personal as well as a career standpoint? Let's start with personal and then career. Yeah, you know, obviously I'm incredibly humbled and honored. I've had I've had a, an opportunity to talk with several of the other recipients of this recognition, and, man, I feel like I'm in the presence of giants. I mean, there's just some amazing uh, young men and women here, and, and sometimes I, I wonder whether or not, you know, uh, my name was, uh, was accidentally included in a lot of them because there's just some real impressive young men and women, and I'm incredibly inspired by uh, the hard work and the dedication and really the successes that they've had um, to, to even be recognized at this point. So, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't first acknowledge that it's an incredible honor um, to, 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 to receive this award. I never in my wildest dreams thought in transitioning into supply chain career just two years ago or three years ago that I would I would have any kind of opportunity to have um, to, you know for my successes to be to be highlighted in this way. And again, I would also be remiss if I didn't you know think that there just there's a lot of people that have given me every opportunity to succeed and taken me under their wing. I knew nothing about how to operate in a supply chain career before I got here. And a lot of people have really um, allowed me to, 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 to get a leg up um, and given me a boost to, to really to learn, to, to have the freedom to learn and make mistakes on the job and then and, 
and to grow from those things. So, you know, personally, it's just meant the world. I mean, I'm incredibly proud um, to be included in this group. You know, professionally, like I said, you know, it's um, I'm my, I made uh, this joke last time, but it's the truth. You know, it's the truth. My boss, um, he shares in a lot of uh, a lot of these victories as well with me. Again, he was the one that really kind of gave me my first shot. But he's very quick to to humble me and remind me that uh, I still have a long way to go. So, you know, it's good. It's good to it's good to have those checks and balances in place. Um, you know, professionally, it's been great as well. You know, all I want to do is make my company proud. I want to make the people that I work for and work with proud. Um, I want them to, I want them to share um, in these successes because uh, it's a team effort. It certainly wasn't, uh, you know, something that I went out and blazed a trail on my own. I had a, I had a lot of help and a lot of collaboration, a lot of collaboration. And it, if that's not the true uh, model of what a supply chain is about, then I don't know what is. It's that it takes, it takes a village and it takes a bunch of people working together to bring synergies to the processes to really affect. Uh, the value that you bring to your company, and so that's true even in this award. Well, uh, you know what, Leah, listen to what Wesley has to say, has, had to say, and I'm sure you share similar uh, similar sentiments for 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 that. But and by the way, thank you, Wesley. Uh, in terms of your background uh, and you going from the public to the private, the private to the public sector, I mean, has it been the same to you from both a, a personal as well as professional standpoint? Let, let's start from a professional standpoint. Is there a difference in, uh, in relation to how this type of uh, acknowledgement is recognized in the public sector than it would be in the private sector? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I guess I can't um, – I think no matter what, I still have, uh, through ISM, very strong ties with individuals out in the private sector, um, both with the organizations I previously work with and through being a part of different professional organizations like ISM. So I think um, – it probably has a little bit more of um, a uh, prestige that's in the private sector, just because I think procurement has been uh, greater evolved in the private sector. But I'm so eager to see what this award um, and kind of the notoriety that Thomas and ISM is getting out into the community within our public sector, because I think we can only go up from here in the public sector, excuse me, of the impact that can, procurement can make. And I think this award only helps that cause and really will help all those individuals that we impact within our public sector, whether that's students or adults. Um, I think I echo the exact same comments that Wes had made that I am, I've said it from day one when I was notified that I won the award, that I have never, I've never been so humbled and so proud to be a part of such an esteemed group of individuals, whether they're young and old or old, and I think the fact that they're all my age makes it only uh, better for me and, and only makes me more excited about it personally that uh, there are so many individuals that are my age out there that are doing um, equally as great and, like Wes said, probably better things than I'm doing, and I have so much to learn from them. And so I'm so proud of that. I think professionally um, I'm just so thankful that and I hope this is not a plug, this is my honest opinion, that Thomas Nett and ISM are recognizing that my generation, the millennial generation, has an impact to make. And that it, while it be different than uh, generations that have come before us, we still have an equally as important impact to make. And at some point, we will be the generation um, because we will start to be losing some of those baby boomers um, that will be going towards retirement. And that if we start to uh, recognize the successes of our generation, that that will only motivate us to continue within this profession. And so I am just professionally so excited 
and can't wait for um, any future opportunities that maybe ISM or ThomasNet has um, for motivating our generation and really highlighting the successes. So I think this is a great win. I think it's going to only have great impacts for both the energy sector in, in Wes's case or in public sector, in my case for education, and all of the other industries that our, our colleagues are a part of. So I'm just so thankful, and I, and I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Leah. You know, and Kristen, you know, listening to both Wesley and, 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 and Leah speak, you know, this was the first year. Obviously, this is going to become a annual uh, event. Um, has the program worked out the way you had expected it? I mean, one of the things that I found interesting just listening to both is that I, I never considered the, the, the fact that there's representation from both public and private sector, which certainly gives a nice broader reach, uh, certainly within the industry. But, I mean, has this first year gone the way you had expected it to, to go? And, and what changes might we see in coming years? It absolutely has exceeded our um, expectations. Uh, we, you know, we didn't really know what to think going into it. We didn't know if we would get 30 applications, and we ended up getting hundreds. And you know, n not by chance, they came across all industries. You know, we had people from manufacturing, from pharmaceutical, from food, energy, education, municipalities. You know, it was really across the board. Um, so we were really impressed with that. You know, uh, uh, equal, I think it was about two-thirds women to one-third men. Um, the average age was 28 of the people. Um, just some stats to throw out there for you. But, um, yeah, it definitely exceeded our expectations, and we will be launching it again. Um, the website will open for nominations in May over the course of the ISM conference, where we'll be officially announcing it and also honoring all of the winners. Um, we did give them all a free conference pass, so we're hoping that most of them will make it out there to Phoenix for the conference. And if anyone that is listening would, would like to meet them, um, you can come look for me at the ThomasNet booth, and I will be happy to track them down and introduce you. Well, Kristen, thank you for joining us today. And, of course, congratulations to Leah Halverson and, and Wesley Whitney. Uh, certainly talking with both of you, the, the future of procurement is, is, is certainly in good hands, I think. I think I can retire tomorrow now and, and sleep easy. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> congratulations, and, and thank you all for joining us. Yeah, and, John, just real quick, if if anybody wants to get um, more information on Leah, Wes, or any of the 30 Under 30 winners, they can just visit uh, www.thomasnet.com forward slash 30 Under 30 to get to all the profiles and find out where they're all from. Thank you so much. And to you, of course, listening audience, thank you for sharing what is your most important time uh, or asset, which is your time. Uh, again, if you weren't able to tune in to us live at this point, not to worry, because we uh, will be available shortly after we go off air on an on-demand basis. You can tune in the show then. Until I come at you over these same virtual airwaves of the Block Talk Radio Network again in the near future, uh, I wish you a good and uh, productive week. Bye for now.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.